Hi, this is Rochelle Okoye, and you're listening to Verbal Shenanigans. But our shenanigans are cheeky and fun. Yeah, I mean, his shenanigans are cruel and tragic. Which makes them not shenanigans at all, really. Evil shenanigans. I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans. Yeah, hello everybody. Welcome, welcome back to the Verbal Shenanigans podcast. Um, Mike, it's good to see um, an adult face um, finally in my life. I've been, I've been sitting here. You, with, you're looking at me. And you're calling me an adult. <laughs> I, I, I didn't mean to compliment you. I know, oh, the, I know you're taking that as a compliment, and uh, <laughs> yeah, you're like, yes, finally, Dad, I'm no longer a juvenile. <laughs> finally, finally, I got it. But I've. Uh, if you listen to the last episode, we're actually recording on the same day as the last episode. I was happy before. I was kind of like, I don't do anything. I was chill. Now I'm like waiting because we're recording now like late night. It's uh, 10.29 Eastern Standard Time that we're recording. And I'm just waiting, waiting, waiting for this little monster to go to bed. I love him more than life itself. But I don't know what's been going on the last like three weeks. The kid won't go to bed till like ten o'clock. Like I'm, my bedtime is early. I had my friend over, who lives next door, to have dinner, and we just like cooked, and he went to bed earlier than my kid, and I was like, well, I guess we're not going to record tonight. And uh, the only the only saving grace is that you have a puppy at home at the moment, so you you might have some weird hours going on also at the moment. Yeah, the puppy's been doing better lately. Um, like the first couple of nights, it was just constant. Ah, but um, we're doing all right right now, so that's good. I mean, <laughs> Scott, if, if you're having issues with the kid going to sleep, I mean, right? Maybe just like take him to the emergency room, make something up, and say, "All right, do some tests. I'll be back in four hours." Ah, so leave the kid alone in the hospital. Yeah, no mom, no mom in sight. Mom in. Uh, Mom's in Israel at the moment, and yeah, uh, she can't complain. Yeah, you know? so just to get it, just to get a good night's sleep. Be like, oh yeah, he's uh, he's he's, got, he's, he's puking he's up like a red. monkey pox right now. Yeah, just, he, he, just striving. I mean, I, I, I think so. So is this magic marker? No, no, monkey pox. <laughs> yeah. Totally monkey pox. Don't wash it. It, it that'll spread the disease. So just just test him for like say seven and a half hours, and uh, I'll. I'll come in the morning refreshed. Yeah, you know? Mike's parenting advice is going pretty well so far. Just make up a disease your kid has to get a, a couple hours of shut eye. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got insurance, you got to use it. I mean, yeah. then you're just throwing away the money if you don't use it. Yeah, and just leave them in the hospital alone. That's that's probably fine too for their their, I mean, their growth and development. God, I'm not cruel. Come on, it's not an abandoned hospital. I have some parenting skills. Yeah, hook them to a leash and hang it out the door, and they get that. Have <laughs> one time, all right, one time, not letting it go. That's two episodes in a row, Brendan. <laughs> but anyway, guys, welcome back to the show. That is Mike. I'm Scott. If you're just tuning in, um, had a great response from uh, people online that we had the one and only Sweetie Murdy on the show. A lot of, a lot of jazz Yankee fans over over here in the. Um, uh, northeast, Mike. A lot of 
a lot of Yankee fans excited about the fact that we had Sweeney on. They're, they're, that's the worst kind of Yankee fans, the jazzed ones. Mm. Like, I, 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 at least I need, like, the calm, collective Yankee fans. We're just like, you know, just in our day, you know, we're winning. You know, so if they have, like, jazz hands and like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. Yankee, I'd be like, ah, yep. put them down. Yep. Don't want to see those. <laughs> just want you to listen to the podcast and keep those hands down. Yeah. So, like, today I was thinking, uh, right before we recorded, I was thinking about, like, talking about talking about, like, dumb stuff and talking about my kid going to bed. I realized, you know, if we're going to be an open book here on the podcast, which I think we have done a pretty damn good job of, I think there's one topic that we've never... um, We never fully dove into. We have... um, we have touched the the sidelines of it. We have uh, we have alluded to it, but I don't think we've ever gotten into the full story of my divorce. Um, yeah, I don't think so on here. I don't yeah. think so. I don't think so. I I think me and you may have talked about it privately. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we we brought it up um, from time to time, but we never got into what exactly. Um, what exactly happened to me? And I think if I, I think I'm at a point in my life where um, now it kind of like makes sense to actually like talk about and and, and kind of enlighten the audience of. If, if anything, it's just content filler anyway. Till we get to our guest, who our guest is awesome tonight. But you know, um, <laughs> um, so. I've been happily married now for three years and been dating my wife now for about seven, which goes to show you how long this podcast has been going for. Um, We're going on, I think this next turn of the calendar will be nine years, if I'm not mistaken, 2014. Uh, 14 to 20. Yeah, so 14 to 3. Yep. So it'll be nine years, Berlu, like eight and a half years, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. Um, when when me and Mike uh, started the podcast, um, or or I asked Mike to come join my dumb little thing I was doing, um, we I started doing comedy again because I was kind of like alone and left in the house and had nothing really going on other than my dog and Mike. I, I felt like was kind of in like a. Similar position. Like, I, I went down to the comedy club to do some sets or whatever. Like, uh, not sets, uh, open mics. And um, there was this radio show we worked on. And, and Mike was there. He was kind of running the, what would you say, the computer side of it? Uh, computer, soundboard. Yeah. I really didn't know how to do the soundboard. But I guess technically I was running the soundboard. <laughs> but mostly the computers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I met Mike. We instantly kind of bonded because we kind of became the uh, behind-the-scenes kind of guys, I guess. You could say behind the board. And um, pretty quickly it became Mike was uh, on the podcast and we started doing podcasts and we started just uh, brainstorming stupid ideas to do podcast, and it became kind of like a, a social thing you know at the time i had no kid um mike had no wife so it was like yeah it, it was kind of like let's put the, the let's do a podcast for an hour and put the game on or or, or yeah. something like that you know um at one point mike was uh 
I remember being in my living room. We had no mic stands. Mike had like piles of toilet paper and the microphone in the toilet paper. Uh, laying down, you were actually broadcasting laying, laying down, which is generally the most professional approach. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm like, you know what? Too many of these pros use chairs. I'm going to lean back. You know, gonna, <laughs> yeah. I mean, granted, we should have had some video, so everybody went, ah, he's chill. No, oh, he's the guy. He's the guy. Yeah. Um, so during that whole time, I was going through, uh, I guess you call it a separation at one point and then a divorce at that point. And even like, even like Mike, who became like one of my best friends at the time, um, you know, I would give him, I would give him inklings of stuff that was going on, but I wouldn't give it all, like all. And it was just kind of awkward. There were some awkward moments there where um, my wife would would come home. um, She'd be plastered. We'd be podcasting. um, So I I figured I'd just just throw it all out there today because why not? Um, So my ex-wife had a giant... um, drinking problem which you know is fine in itself you know it, it if that was the problem you know i would have there's a good chance we would have still been together if it was just a a drinking problem okay now um a long time ago she went to on a trip to miami um that i thought was for work was work related or a friend said she can go and um, she came back, and I found these text messages from this guy, Bruce. Bruce of all oh. sorts. And I, I mean, like, of all names, Bruce. Like, that's, that's not even a name we hear anymore. Like, imagine a baby Bruce. Yeah, that that's somebody that's, like, big in the sixth sense, I guess. Yeah. Uh, the, the only way you get a Bruce baby now. Yeah, imagine, like, I was like, hey, this is Bruce Brennan. Bruce <laughs> <I> mean- <laughs> It sounds like a jobber wrestler name. Like, oh, my God, Razor Ramon is killing Bruce Brennan. <laughs> yeah, or it sounds or it sounds like an early, like, 40s comic book name. Bruce Brennan and Peter Parker. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I had noticed some weird text messages going back and forth. And like flirtatious text messages, if you will. Mm. Okay. And the excuse was at the time, no, it was a guy from school and we were just hanging out and you could ask, uh, you could ask my friend, nothing, nothing happened. So I like planted. That was the first time that the little seed of doubt was just planted into the, uh, into the soil, if you will. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, Years go by. We're not, we're not getting along. Not years. Months go by. We're not getting completely along. And I noticed my wife's drinking problem is, is getting progressively worse. Like where, you know, like there would be signs like things were. Uh, she would go to make dinner and then like fall asleep on the couch while things were still on the stove. Um, <laughs> uh, there was I, I would find bottles I would find uh, you know she'd come home from work uh, all all jacked up and so so things were where where there was a point where I thought that um, you know she had an alcohol problem not like not like a couple beers with your friends or maybe hey that's a guy that likes to have a couple 
Um, mm. but like it's, it's becoming like a thing during, during the week and during possibly the day. So, um, months go on again and things aren't, aren't great. And all of a sudden, um, now she had, she had a job at, um, now I don't want to, um, completely soil her name if if she's still working out there so she had a job in a food service business let's call it that um a catering-esque type of everyday kind of business and um she was making pretty good money at the time and all of a sudden i started noticing the money in the house wasn't wasn't coming in to the house anymore you know you pay a mortgage together all of a sudden on the 15th and 30th or every other Friday, there's no paycheck coming in. I'm like, what the hell is is going on here? Mm. So now as a dumb idiot that I am and when you're in, in the situation, it's a lot it's, it's a lot easier now to talk about it. But when you're in, in something like this, it, it just any kind of excuse or lie seems to like make sense. You're like, oh, OK, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a... Um, deposit problem oh it's a uh you know uh, the 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 business is not doing well they're gonna get it to me gonna get just buying time buying time buying time yeah and and stuff where you sit back and go and you're telling me this after two or three are missing like you weren't like coming home pissed off i can't believe this i did they did it me again blah blah blah. i'm so pissed right just magically oh you were looking at our joint account huh yeah so, like the the emotions didn't match what was actually happening there so things things go on and all of a sudden like it would be like oh i'm gonna go visit my friend let's call her um uh jessica i'm gonna go visit my friend jessica i'm gonna stay the night she lives like 20 minutes away okay okay she goes visit jessica um uh, things have changed now that would be like a friday night now all of a sudden it would be like oh jessica's family is having a um a weekend uh excursion they really want me to come is it okay if i go oh sure 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 you know whatever it is it's fine and all during this time i'm starting to notice like okay the time away from the house is getting longer you know it's getting longer it's getting on weekends it's not just a happy hour here and there it's not a work event you know and i'm starting to notice like okay something's going on here so one night in february of well i don't don't even know the year because i'm not i'm not really good with years um my wife at the time comes home plastered falls asleep on the couch okay and she had left her phone on like the home screen was on and like like everyone in the 20th uh, 21st century i you know okay well this was my cue to uh snoop if you will okay so i i get on that phone and there's a million messages to this guy um i'm trying to think there, there's gonna be a couple during this story i don't even know if we'll have oh. time um um trying to think if this was the one guy or the other one okay 
let's say there, there was messages to this guy. Uh, we'll call him Mike. Okay. Uh, I'll meet you at Red Robin. I'll meet you here. Whatever. All this stuff, like after work, you know. And I flip out. There's like all this flirtatious, like crap like just just endless amounts of evidence and at one point i had flipped out and uh took her cell phone and now mike you remember where i used to live it used to back to like woods uh oh yeah 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 there used to be bears there and everything i took her phone and literally threw it into the woods (laughs) out of anger and that night i was um let's see what happened that night I was punched in the face. I was uh, slapped. And then to top it all off, at one point during this night where I was trying, like, I get so mad. I was like, leave me alone. Get away from me. Blah, blah, blah. At one point of this night, there was a knife pulled on me. Oh. Yeah. Like, Interesting. My, my ex-wife was a chef. Um, so there was a lot of knives yep. around. And she pulled a little, a little chef knife out on me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know this is really warming the the warming the cockles of the audience, you know. But well, uh, the worst part was there was a hermit living in the woods that picked up the phone that you threw out there, and he met Mike at the Red Robin. <laughs> it's terrible. He ruined her plans for the night. He went off and married that hermit. The worst okay. was it was it was you in the woods. You picked up the phone. You're like, <sighs> you know, we, we mean, became best friends. God, that was going to be the big reveal at the end of the podcast. Yeah. You know, and then it just like, and then one day we saw each other. We're like, ah, fist bump. We're yeah. good. <laughs> so there, there was a point where I was in absolute um, wreckage. And I, I called my, my dad who lived about 50 minutes away. And I was like, you, can you please come? pick me up um, because things are getting crazy here. Obviously, <laughs> there's a knife pulled on me. And, and um, so um, that time happened and don't ask me. And I think a lot of it came from um, I grew up with like parents who had a really good relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's like a certain amount of um, at least in my family, like an embarrassment. Like I, I grew up with cousins and, and aunts and uncles who all seem to have like picture perfect relationships. And here I am like the guy who is like got married and things aren't going well. So there's like this, this level of embarrassment to it. And where yeah. I, I think a lot of people won't go through that because, you know, through the years, like the early days, there's, there's no such thing as divorce. It's right. almost like, you would have to jump through hoops so it's and it's still not the like the commonplace now when we're talking about this story so yeah it's yeah you can jack up with your mind you're just like what am i doing wrong yeah like what am i doing wrong or like do i tell anyone you know the old manly um it quote-unquote manly side of weakness can't tell my friends and like Mm. here i am miserable at work miserable at, at a lot of things in my life. Um, it, it's the reason I went out and started doing stand-up. Um, it wasn't, things weren't going good, so it was like one of the only things I was like, I gotta go do this for myself, and blah, blah, blah. I'm not gonna sit here and be like, stand-up saves me. Like, that's not that's not the journey I'm on here. But, um, so, after that, um, we actually tried uh, marriage counseling. Okay. Oh. So I booked the appointment. Okay. And um 
I was like, look, you got to be here at this time or whatever. And we tried the first one and I'm there on time. I'm talking to the lady and, and, and she's great. And, uh, 20 minutes go by 25 minutes. And I think like, I, I think those people charge by the hour, you know, and I'm like, mm. Jesus Christ, here we go. Now the ex shows up and clearly drunk, drunk as hell. Um, <laughs> And to be fair, Jennifer threw another swinger, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? right? That's why she was late. And the um even the therapist was like, Woo, somebody's been drinking, and I'm sitting there like sober as a what's the expression? Judge? Sober as a judge. Uh I never even heard of that. No. We'll go with it. We'll make t shirts. Yeah, yeah. Sober as a judge. It's probably not <laughs> verbal shenanigans. Sober as a judge. <laughs> sober as a judge. Um and they're like, woo, someone's been drinking. I'm like, well, it's not me. And I'm drunk and just not a positive experience. Okay. Like it literally went nowhere because she was drunk, you know, and you could smell it on her. So she leaves. Okay. And things are, you know, we'd get, and, and now let me preface this. Like during this time, we would get back together and be like fine for a week and go visit family and go visit her family. So it wasn't just like us separate. Like there would be time, there would be periods of time together, you know, like, and it'd be okay. So things go on for a little while. And here I am, dumb, blind me, you know, um, my my friends that I tell a story to are like, oh, it's always like, how did you see that? I'm like, dude, I, I don't know how to explain it. When you're in it, you're trying to just like deny everything. During, Convince during. yourself. It's okay. We'll get through this. Yeah, it's okay. It's fine. So during this time, uh, my wife loses that job I was talking about. That was a good job and like good schedule, uh, good money. And I always asked her, why, why, why did you lose that job? And it was like, oh, budget cuts and this and that. And yet she was still going to work tech. Like mm. she would leave the house, you know, and, and yeah. come back at late hours, five o'clock, six o'clock. I mean, it was really good turns. I mean, they, they stopped paying her, but she's like, you know what? I'm going to throw you a bone. I'm going to, I'm going to show up anyway. I just you know? love it so much, you know? Mm -hmm. And um she starts to start talking about like oh i'm gonna start this like food truck businessy kind of like little deli thing and i'm like she was a culinary person and i'm like okay i'm like what do you mean you're gonna start this and she's like well you know this guy jeremy wants to open it he wants me to run the, <laughs> the kitchen and all i'm like okay so, again, things go awry at some point. And mm -hmm. on her phone are a thousand messages to this guy, Jeremy, back and forth, back and mm -hmm. forth, back and forth. And um, it, it's clear. It's not even like nothing's hidden at all. Um, and um, so I, I realized that she wasn't even really working at a place. She was just saying she was going to work at a place and just showing up there every day. Now, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not telling the story 100% because I forgot two big parts of this. Now, during this part, one of these things, her visit to Jeremy, she call, um, she's not home and I try to call her, call her, call her. 
and I hear her like slurring her speech, blah, 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 on the phone. I'm like, you need to pull over. You need to get out of there. All of a sudden, the phone goes dead. Done. I can't get Keep calling, keep calling, keep calling, keep calling. And um, nothing for like two hours. So I had called like the state police and everything like that. And sure enough, she had pulled over to the side of the road, fell asleep in her car with like bottles of vodka all over the the bottom of the car. So she had gotten a, a, a DUI. Okay. And um, things were getting even more tense at home, more tense at home. Like, why, where are you going? Who's this guy, Jeremy, you're working for? Oh, he's fine. You know, whatever. And then, uh, you know, we're at the, the breaking point kind of thing. And two to three weeks later, same things happen. I had a show, if you remember the Oak Barrel, where we did your um, your birthday party. 40th birthday, yep. yeah. Um, I had a show that night, and all of a sudden I couldn't get in touch with her, and all of a sudden uh, things are, are, you know, I'm I'm like, here we go, here we go. Because if you if you know, like when a, when a DUI or something happens, it's not immediate. You got to go to court and all that stuff. So she still had her car. And yet again, long story short, got a second DUI visiting this dude <laughs> um, within like four weeks of each other. Honey, I, I got some bad news and some other news I really don't want to tell you about. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Um, so things are absolutely terrible at that point. Um, then I, she comes home one day. And the car comes in, and she's all bombed up driving. And I'm like, what are you freaking doing? Like, I'm losing my mind on her. I open the, the front seat of her car, and there's little vodka bottles all over the place. And I open the trunk of her car, and there's, like, a man's suit and a, like, a kind of like a briefcase type of thing. And I'm like, who the hell suit is this, blah, blah. Long story short, she went to a wedding <laughs> with this guy, Jeremy, as his date. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And long story short, which is this is one of the crazy... I, I know I said long story short, but it's hard to make this story even, even mm. close to short. Um, she... There was a person I was working with at the time who was friends with her, this guy, Jeremy or whatever. And she comes up to me one day on my break and she's like, Scott, I got to talk to you. And I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, like uh, your wife, we'll just call her Vanessa. Uh, your wife, Vanessa, has been hanging out with this guy every day. He's friends with my husband. It's been really awkward. I have not known how to tell you that. So... <laughs> Out of all the people in the world, the person who worked next door to me knew all of what was going on. Wow. Yeah. So I was cheated on. I was abused. I was... Um, and then the final straw, the final... This is it. Like, we were already, we were already pretty much done. The final straw, she told me, uh, you know, we went through this whole... You, you know, and and I'm still somehow, somehow in the back of my mind in this forgiveness stage, like, I, we'll make it work. It's okay. You know, like, maybe counseling. So afraid to get divorced. You know, so afraid to be, like, on my own and lose my house and 
Um, now, all during this time, this is about six, seven months, I'm not getting paid a dollar. So I'm trying to keep the house afloat, her car afloat. Her car got repoed out of the driveway, but yet she was taking money from the account saying that she was paying the car payment. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. So like th- at that time, it was like $300 or whatever it was, the car payment, uh, all that. Just going to like her partying, her boozing. I found pictures of her at fa- on Facebook at a bar. That was up where this guy lived that they attended every single night. Um, the 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 last last thing was she. Let's see. She uh, was telling me she. OK, I'm going to change. I got this job at a hotel in Mount Arlington, New Jersey, which is mm-hmm. right. Right between where me and you live, like right. Basically, yep. exactly in between. And I got to go, and um, <laughs> I, I'm going to be the culinary manager. I'm going to get my shit together. It's going to be okay. And she goes, and she's there for a week, and she's like, I'm stodging. I don't even know what stodging means. I heard it on the this food show I watched the other day. And um, <laughs> uh, I know shit is up. I'm like, she's just visiting this guy again, you know, same guy. And... Uh, I find that she no money's coming in and she's away for like two weeks. She's like, yeah, you got to stay at the hotel and learn about both sides of the, uh, you know, the, the diner routine, dining routine. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I no, go to. You got to make sure you know the dining routine when you're cooking. Yeah. Scott. That's a well-known fact. So one day I go to pick her up, quote unquote. And she's not in the parking lot. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to call the hotel. Call the hotel is blah, 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 Vanessa there. We have no clue who that is. No, no idea who that is. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, she's been there for like two weeks. So like, we have no idea. Enraged, I turn around, turn the car around. And I see her walking down like the highway towards Route 80, which is a big route in New Jersey, with like a mm-hmm. bottle of vodka in her purse sticking out. And I was just like, this is it. Like, she literally just bought another two. At one point, she told me she was cooking for astronauts and that she had to stay um, in New York City. Um, yeah. Um, I, I'm sure there's more <laughs> to this, yeah. and if I can think of more, I might I might reveal more. But well, I f- the most important thing to tell our audience is that stodging is to stuff full, especially with food or drink or gorge. Oh, so she, she did that. She did that. Yeah, to gorge. Yeah. She gorged herself on alcohol. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, she didn't lie there. I mean, you gotta give her points for that. Now, when we get back from our guest, I'm interested to hear what you have to say, like when some of this was going on and what you like witnessed. And I, I think I had another story or two, um, but I, th- <laughs> I think I've put enough on the plate <laughs> to, to yeah. uh, digest where I'm at. But I will say before we get to our guest, all of this happened to me and I would not take any of it away um, because it... it yeah, trajected me, self tra- trajectory, um, towards a point where I did all these things where I found stand up, which made me really, really happy. 
where I found my wife, which, you know, she makes me sometimes happy. No, I'm just kidding. She makes me really happy. And then I, I have my kid now. So, like, if this didn't happen, um, God knows I would have been stuck with a kid if we ever had a kid by myself. Um, hmm. There are all sorts of negative things could have happened. So, like, all that bad um, could have been a lot worse. And I do have some more stories after the break. But... Mike, let's uh, let's segue to our guest. How do you segue out of that, though? <laughs> um, well, our guest was a former gymnast, so we just flip flop over to our next segment. Oh, cheers! There you go. Yes, yeah. So, uh, who we got tonight, people? Is uh, we have Rochelle Coye. Uh, she was a former gymnast. She was former boxer. She's an author. She's done TED talks. What you probably have seen her the most is she is a Hollywood stunt person. You may have seen her on the X-Men. She does. She did the stunt work for Storm. She has some amazing stories about what she's done, an incredible story about an injury that she got and how she persevered and got back in the stunt business. So I can't wait to get with her, especially since it's taken us about close to a year and a half to get her yeah. on here and rescheduling. So yeah. uh, Rochelle Okoye, everybody. Our second Okoye we've ever had on the podcast. Mm, we, we forgot had... to ask her any relation. Yeah, you know, we... everybody with the same last name knows each other and is related. That's right. All the Bre- Every Brennan you have ever met knows each other. Yeah. So uh, I, Second I met Bruce Brennan, he just told me, <laughs> yeah, I know that Scotty guy. Anyway, Rochelle Okoye on the cast. Good morning. Hello, hey, Rochelle. Rochelle. How are you guys? I'm just going to put my headphones in. Sure. Can you guys hear me? Hey, great. Yeah, I can hear you great. Perfect. Morning. How are you? Great. We're doing well. We're doing Good. well. We, we got to tackle this, you know, because we're... What's this been about a year and a half into making this interview or something? I know. <laughs> I finally made it. <laughs> yeah, we can't bomb this one, guys. Yeah, we no. all got Ringer in games yeah. tonight. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, be, be honest. Were you just trying to avoid Mike until he beat you into submission? And you're like, all right, I'll just, I'll just say yes at this point. <laughs> right. <laughs> just get him away from me. <laughs> I, I will backflip into this volcano. I will not talk to this idiot for 30 minutes yep. no yep <laughs> not at all i just i had an insanely busy year and with covid things just changed in the film world all right just just wink once if you're telling the truth <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's uh, it's kind of a good opening question as we're gonna get to know you out of curiosity like when work comes like as strenuous as it is like what is that process is it literally hey i know rochelle you do these kind of stunts and you can do it or is it just general i need a stunt person they need to do xyz and you're like yeah i think i could fill that yeah no um they usually hire you based off of the actor first and then they need to get a match and then of course the person with the correct skill set um so yeah it's usually rochelle you're the right match and you have the correct skill set are you available Gotcha. So, so yeah. take us take us to the beginning of this work. Now, if you type your name into IMDb or look up your career, it, it, it's kind of like endless amounts of stunt work. So, I'm curious: was your goal to go into stunt work, or did you try the actress thing? Like, how did this stunt work actually find you? 
much? Yeah, great question. Um, I do feel like it literally found me or I found it. Um, so when I first started, I, I did start in stunts and acting at the same time. Okay. And the goal was kind of to see which one kind of came into fruition first. Both actually came into fruition equally at first. Um, I booked an acting role and they wanted me to do my own stunts because I was able to physically do the job. Um, and they were like, well, you can learn to act. That's no problem, but it's going to be harder to teach you right. to do these physical aspects. Um, and so, yeah, with that job, um, it didn't actually end up taking off. There was budget issues. And so the role just didn't end up happening, but my career did take off from there. And I would say, for the first year, um, acting and stunts were kind of going hand in hand and then stunting just took off for me, which it was just easier, you know. But but what made you like, get into stunts? Were you just like a super active kid that would like jump off things in the backyard? Were you a gymnast? Like what, what lured you to the stunt work? So actually, I had no idea stunts was even a career. Uh, I didn't even know that was a thing, to be honest, when I came into it. Um, I was a gymnast growing up on the Great Britain gymnastics team. Um, so I was three-time national champion and 2000 Olympic hopeful. So my whole oh. life was dedicated to gymnastics. Nice. Um, when I retired from gymnastics in 2000, we moved back. My family and I moved back to Canada. And um, I quit gymnastics and just kind of focused on my schooling. And then after I graduated university, I um, fell into martial arts. So I became an amateur and professional boxer. And I also trained and competed in Muay Thai and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And then from there, I fell into my stunt career, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> so um, I actually, the ring announcer from my last pro boxing fight was a stunt man. And he introduced me to the stunt world. Yeah. He was like, you have a place here. And I was like, what is stunts? <laughs> and uh, no, it felt so natural when I fell in. Everything kind of made sense that I had done prior to, like it made sense that I had done the fighting and that I had done the gymnastics. And I was able to just use all of those talents and skills I had acquired, which was it was amazing when you're on a set uh, as you kind of brought up earlier how you match like kind of matching what the character looks like do you have discussions with the actor about it does that factor in anything on how you perform the stunts or anything to that sort um, sometimes it depends. Um, so for example, um, when I was, uh, playing storm on X-Men, um, I had a lot of the creative input into how storm was moving and how we would make storm fly. Um, and so that was a big collaboration with my actress, Alexandra ship for that specific role. Um, and so, yeah, sometimes these things happen with bigger action roles. Um, definitely you have the input because it's you who's doing the action. It's your body movement. But of course you want to make sure that it's kind of synchronizing and stylizing to your actor. So like if they're walking a certain way, you want to try to walk a certain way before you, you know, go into your badass action. <laughs> right. So give me like an, so you, you, you've been in X-Men and Deadpool and these big super productions, you know, that are huge, whether it's the Marvel world or Batman and, um, give us a, a insight into kind of what that work day is like for you. Like, are you, like leading up to it, are we practicing for months before? Is it something where you arrive and then you go through it? Like how much preparation goes into these large productions as opposed to maybe you're doing a stunt on a uh, a quick episode of a TV pilot? Like I imagine there's a big difference in the size of the production. 
Yeah, there's a huge difference. Um, so features, you have months to prep, okay. uh, which is really nice. So usually the stunt performers will come in months before we go to camera and start filming. And we'll start rehearsing all of our gags um, in the studio and um, just kind of dial everything in before we get to set. And that's really nice doing features because you have all the time in the world or it feels like all the time in the world to kind of practice things and dial things in and things kind of move at a slower pace versus television where things move super fast because you don't have the time to do anything right so yeah it's very rushed it's different mm. so you were doing stunts for a few years and then april 1st 2013 i want to make sure i got all the characteristics of this stunt correctly and you can kind of go through what happened here uh, you had to jump 14 feet in four-inch heels and land <laughs> on a mat in the ocean. Does that sound all correct there? Yes. <laughs> okay. I mean, I do that too, but I just want to make sure. Um, yeah, but that's recreational, so, Mike. You don't you don't get yeah, paid easily, for that work. Yeah. So you you get the stunt, you perform it, kind of walk through kind of big injury and what how that affected you. Yeah. Um, so I showed up to set that day and I thought it was going to be a relatively easy day. Jumping off of a dock for me is nothing. Um, I learned a very valuable lesson that day to never, ever come to set and say it's going to be an easy day. Even if you think it's going to be easy, things go wrong all the time, as I learned. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I had to jump 14 feet and four inch heels. Um, I was linked arm in arm with two other uh, performers, male performers and yeah, when I landed, I snapped my foot in half and I tore all three of my ligaments. I compressed my talus into my tibia and my joint locked up. So I was wheelchair bound for about six months. And I was told by the medical community that I would never walk again. And my career was over. Um, I did fight for about two years through surgery and rehab, just trying to get my foot back to what I could get. And it took me about two years before I could learn to run and jump again. Jeez. But I learned and I, it was full circle. I, I came, I, you know, I got my foot back. Um, I lost 50% range of motion. So I do overcompensate on that left side now quite a bit. And I'm on permanent disability until I'm 65. But I did manage to book X-Men again. So there you I go. broke it for X-Men. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> broke it for X-Men and came back on X-Men. So it did feel like a full circle. There was a lot of lessons there. It was a very difficult journey but i do feel like i'm in a much better place with it and yeah i mean it just goes to it kind of leads me to a question i wanted to ask you uh, kind of leading also back to the question that you know these bigger productions which i imagine these stunts are you know so looked at and, and tried to make sure they're safe and whatnot but have you i'm sure over your years you've showed up to a set and been like this is super sketchy like has there ever been a stunt that you've been like i, I can't like i gotta turn this down because it's not, the safety like measures aren't in place or have you basically had always uh like good teams around you i've been very blessed to have very knowledgeable wise teams around me okay. very experienced teams so there hasn't been a stunt where I've been like, no, I'm not going to do that. Although no. I've learned, I learned that lesson from this injury and I'm in a place now where I have no problem saying that. Um, but since then I've showed up and there's been some things that have been sketchy, but there's things that I would either kind of ask to change myself, not change the stunt completely, but just change how I do it. And because I have the experience that I have, coordinators trust me and they're they allow me to make the changes that i need to make to perform the stunt safely which 
is a good shows you the difference between a good coordinator and right. uh, a less experienced coordinator. Gotcha. I mean, this must be like the golden age for stunt people with like Marvel just exploding. DC's trying to keep up with it. Star Wars. Too yeah. much. Star Wars. <laughs> great example. I mean, is there almost too much work out there now? Is it still like a fight for people to get work in the stunt world? Um. It was busy. Yes. Uh, it's definitely slowed down now, which is why I'm here. <laughs> <Keep talking. laughs> yeah. Believe it or not, this is your greatest stunt getting through this interview with us. So. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, um, it was, it was kind of really busy. I mean, Vancouver has, we'd be, be look, we've been pretty blessed here. It's always been quite busy for most of the years that we've been filming, um, especially since BLM, like that's, that kind of upped things here as well. Um, the pandemic as well. Surprisingly, we were very busy here. And I think that had to do with tax incentives. It's just cheaper to film here. And it's beautiful locations. You can kind of yeah. make this place be anywhere. Um, so it was definitely busy. We de- did have a rush of new performers coming in, which uh, was good and bad. Bad in that they don't have the experience. And so there's performers just being rushed into these spots right now, um, which can be kind of unsafe and put other people in, you know, riskier situations. But then it's also good because people are getting these opportunities that they may not have been able to get, say, five years ago. So, yeah. So let me ask you, if if you like... Like all these movies, right? We all think, uh, you know, these Marvels and these Star Wars, and everyone like thinks that everything can be uh, corrected or done in, in in CGI. Do you get this a lot? Like, oh, well, they will just, you know, you know, they could just fix that in post or whatnot. Like, is that like a common misconception? Like, especially in your world, like, well, no, that's not really, <laughs> you know, that's us. Like, that's practical effects. Like, we're actually doing these things. Do you get that a lot? Yeah, I'd say it's like 50-50. Yeah. Um, the CG world has kind of taken over a lot. Unfortunately, fortunately, I don't know. It's good and bad. Um, but yeah, a lot of things can be fixed in post these days. But right. there are things that can't be fixed in post, and then we have to come back and reshoot. Yeah. But a lot of things, I would I would say there's not a lot of reshoots happening like there were previously, which means things are being fixed in post gotcha. more and more. Yeah. What is the the stunt man, stunt woman uh, community like? Are you guys like, like is it a is it like a fraternity? Like like do you guys all like kind of like oh man like sick work on uh, Star Wars? I saw your work on that. Like, and also is there like are you guys like unionized like actors are as far like do you all belong under the same umbrella? Yeah. So. Um, the communities are very different, actually, uh, from province to province and country to country. Gotcha. <laughs> so, uh, Vancouver, I feel so blessed and so grateful coming from uh, our community here in Vancouver, Canada. Um, our community is just full of top-notch talent and just really open, loving individuals and people. We do treat each other like family. We're like brothers and sisters. We're like one big extended family. We do look out for one another. We try to share and collaborate. Um, Yeah, and just encourage each other to do the best that we can because that kind of sets the precedent for our community here outside, right. you know? And then I have traveled all over Canada to work so and stepped outside of Canada as well. So I've been privy to the different communities and kind of the interactions that they have with one another. Now, with all the work that you've done, you've also done a lot of work on television shows, and obviously not everything 
either makes it as a series or even makes it on there. Has there ever been a stunt that you did where you're like so proud of and it's just like, man, nobody likes it. It's not going to air. He's just like, ah, oh, I'm so amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. No, most of the stunts that I have done have made the cut. Thankfully, because it go. does That's suck right. when, That's right. <laughs> right? It sucks <laughs> when you like break yourself for nothing. Um, <laughs> but there was actually, there was a pilot that I did and it wasn't anything crazy that I had to do, but it was full prosthetics. And I learned quickly that I'm not a full prosthetic person. Um, and I was an actor and I decided to do my own stunts for it, like an idiot. <laughs> and yeah, I refused the stunt double and was like, oh, I can do my own stunts. This will be great. Wrong. So yeah, I had like 12, 13, 14 hour camera Ugh. days and full face prosthetics trying to act and then do my stunts in action. It was a pilot. It didn't end up getting picked up, which I was happy about and sad about. So I did say at the end, like if it gets picked up, that's going to suck um, because I don't want this role. <laughs> but then also my agent said, you can just get a stunt double if it does get picked up. So. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, a lot of times we have musicians and artists on this show and whatnot. And we always tend to ask them, like, you know, over the years, was there was there a concert or something that st- that still sticks out in their mind as like like some of them have said they played at Woodstock and some of them play some of them will pick out a small like show they did with that was really intimate. All this stunt experience with these big movies little productions big productions is there something that you like that's the feather in your hat that that was the coolest thing you got to work on like is there something that you consider okay that's my when i retire from this my kids i'm gonna tell them like this is the one you know like this is the best production i've been in I think that would have to be X-Men so far. I just felt so blessed and so special to be able to be Storm. And there was a moment where all of us on, um, which movie was it? Uh, Apocalypse, I think. Um, We were all walking outside of the studio, all of the X-Men doubles. And um, all the fans were at the gate and they were all cheering and stuff. And we all just collectively had a moment and it was so powerful because we don't usually stop to express our gratitude amongst one another. And we just stopped and looked at one another and said like oh my god this is so amazing like look at all these fans we're x-men how many people (laughs) actually get this opportunity how many people get to say i'm storm how many people get to say i'm nightcrawler you know and so it was just a moment and i feel very very blessed and i'm very grateful and i think i'll cherish that role for the rest of my life a lot of rumors the x-men coming to marvel you might have a you know a third go Mm. at this you know it's supposedly coming soon we'll see we'll see yeah (laughs) Now, when you get these roles, can you even, like, tell friends, hey, I'm doing this movie? Or is it literally, like, you you are on Project 152Z and yeah. nobody knows anything until that thing hits the screen at that moment? You can tell people, oh, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, it depends. You do have to sign NDAs for quite a, a bunch of things. But with that being said, like... <laughs> our closest people know and the and the people that we surround ourselves with our family and friends they all know what we do and they know you know to keep things a secret most of my friends know if i send something to them that they can't share that with anybody else if i say something they can't share that with anybody else and so yeah you surround yourself with trustworthy people and then you can Right. Give little steals we're we're friends now. Tell us what happens in the Marvel universe. Come on, come on, yeah. just spill it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Seriously, it's a multiverse. There's plenty of options out there. 
You don't have to name Nate. Just say a couple months from now, FYI, right. somebody dying. Well, spe- <laughs> speaking of family and friends, like balancing that that life work, and obviously there's a, a risk factor in your work. Uh, what is your like? How, how does your family react to this? What, and, and initially, how did your family like? Oh, I'm going into stunt work. Like, was there was there some fear? Like, oh man, don't get hurt, or like do the or are they like all about it? Um. So. I don't really have family. Okay. So, um, no, that's okay. I speak about this publicly. It's in my TED talk and it's in my book. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, I actually was disowned by my parents when okay. I was 20. Yeah. Okay. My father was, um, a child soldier in the Biafran war. And so he just grew up with a lot of physical abuse and he projected that onto his children. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, I, I don't have family. So when I entered into the stunt world, I didn't have to worry about what my parents thought. Gotcha. Um, it was just me myself and I, so awesome. Yeah. Mm. And with everything that you've done, you've done boxing, you've done gymnastics, you were on Canada's next top model. Um, where do you, do, are you in a spot where you just go, I'm loving the stunt work? Or are you still that kind of person that's like, I like this, but ooh, I want to grab from over here. I want to try something over here. Like, what is your interest nowadays? Yeah, great question. Um, so I am in the health and wellness world. Um, and I kind of stepped into that through my TED Talks and my book a couple years ago. Um, and that kind of just got put on hold during the pandemic. And I didn't really know where to go with that. So I carried on with film. That's my bread and butter. And I love it. It's, it's what I will always do for the rest of my life. But I do feel like my soul's true purpose is to try to help heal other people through the experiences that I've had. So I did open the gym. Um, so I had um, a martial arts gym, TriStar Vancouver. Unfortunately, there was a traumatic thing that um, happened last year. My business partner stole the gym from me. So I no longer, wow. yeah, I no longer have that. So that was in the hands of the lawyer. I think but, you should bring um, the X-Men over there and take care of that. You know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you figure with an MMA gym, there's yeah. only one way to determine who owns the gym. Right. Yeah. In the octagon and bring Colossus and Wolverine over there. You'll get that gym back. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, but in losing that um, and going through that trauma, it kind of opened up space for a new business. And so I, I've endured a lot of trauma myself. And, and so a part of healing that was also trying to help um, give back by teaching other people how to heal. And so now I've kind of made space for um, my breathwork business and coaching. So I'm in the middle of studying to become a trauma-informed breathwork facilitator. Nice. And yeah, and I think that's kind of is like the final piece to my wellness side of things. And so once I get that certification, I'll be able to um, be a trauma-informed breathwork facilitator. And I also will become a trauma-informed um, wellness and health coach. So I'm going to be able to kind of take all of the aspects that I have learned, the fitness, the nutrition, trauma healing, the wellness, the mindset, embodiment, and kind of put it all together and then take clients on and help heal their traumas. That's awesome. Um, your, your TED talk. Um, so you're jumping off, you know, things into the ocean and doing stunts. Uh, was there any kind of fear level going like I totally like I don't know if you were a public speaker all along, but what what was the the prep and you know um, kind of like mental side of preparing to give a TED talk? That's like a totally different uh, angle. Yeah, um, <laughs> different, but also I, I do feel like everything that led up to my life prepared me to deliver a TED talk. Right. So. Um, I do feel like I'm naturally a public speaker, so that kind of comes natural to me. 
thankfully. Um, I still do get afraid, of course. There's still nerves behind everything. But there was a lot of preparation for that. Um, I was working full-time in film and writing my book at the same time. And so there was a lot going on. Yeah. So I literally would take mm. my cue cards to set with me and I would give my Ted talk to all of my coworkers on set, <laughs> anybody who would listen in between scenes. And like, I love them. They're so supportive. Everyone yeah. would just sit there and listen to my Ted talk. Uh, I picture them at 13 hours of prosthetics and you're just <laughs> right? <laughs> reading them the yeah, Ted like, talk. Totally. I'm like, hey, I mean, who has 18 minutes? Right <laughs> that's funny yeah. i just see you jumping off a building still holding out to your cue mm -hmm. cards and so in conclusion yeah, yeah. what you right. can do what your self-help is yeah i almost forgot about your ted talk it's been so long we've been tracking you like i remember watching it a year and a half ago so it, right. it actually just reminded me of it it was good yeah. thank you um is being a, a stunt person, obviously, you have the lead actor getting all the accolades and all that. Is there, is there any, I don't want to say disgruntled, is there almost like a downer where like, you're watching your film and everybody's like, oh, that's a cool stunt. And they're like, oh, I can't believe Halle Berry just did that or something to that effect. Um, no, actually. I've never really felt that because I kind of understand like, it, that just is what it is yeah. in Hollywood. But that has changed recently. I would say probably in the last five years, maybe four or five years, um, the actors aren't taking credit for their stuff anymore. And I've been very blessed in that all of my actors hype me. Like, I am so grateful. They yeah. will do their interviews. They won't take credit for any of the action and they will name me and they will give me the credit that is deserved. Um, Candace Patton, actually, she's... Beautiful soul. Um, perfect example. We did the Hollywood Reporter interview together. I actually thought the interview was going to be about her. And the interview was about me, the stunt doubles. And um, she sat there and gave a, a beautiful interview and, yeah, just spoke on how I showed up to work and how I show up to support her in the job and how we collaborate. And, yeah, it was really quite beautiful. And and um, all of my actors, they do the same thing. They never take the credit. They always hype me on their social media and their interviews. My name's always being dropped. So it's a beautiful thing. So, so as we, we're near the end here, so self, thank you for, for giving us the time. It's just, I could ask you a million questions. Um, Finally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We're not going to put this out for a year and a half. That's payback. No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no um, I know we did, we did talk about sometimes you can't talk about, but you, you know, you got the, the healing side of you. You did the tech talk side. You're still in stunt work. What, um, what things are, can you tell us that you're working on or that might be um, coming out soon? And also where can people go to kind of find all things about Rochelle and, and your life? Where's the best place to go check? It seems like you got a lot of things under the Rochelle umbrella. So yeah, it's, <laughs> it's overwhelming sometimes. That's all right. Um, yeah. Um, so right now I'm actually on hiatus, so I'm on a little summer break. So okay. I'm trying to just enjoy my summer and enjoy the time off right now. Yeah. Um, what is next? Well, the Flash will be coming back. So I double Candace on the Flash. Um, a lot of our CWs actually did not get picked up, so it's going to be an interesting time in Vancouver. Um, we're hoping that it makes room for more features to come. I know Godzilla is coming. Um, so yeah, hopefully we can get some features in here and I'll jump onto some features um, in the fall, in the winter. Um, there's one other thing that I can't really talk about right now. Nah. Sorry. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I signed that NDA. Um, Step Brothers too. Step Brothers too, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Yeah, the unnamed Quantum Leap uh, show that's coming up. Just tell us the name of the show. Yeah, yeah. Just oh, put it out there. What, Quantum Leap? I actually worked on that. I was cast as an actress oh, nice. there um, for the pilot. I don't know if it got picked up. I'm hoping it does. Um, well, IMDb lists as, as the unnamed Quantum Leap project. So that, that's the big question. It's okay, like, well, oh, it's Quantum Leap. It's, it's Quantum Leap. <laughs> that's the <a> name. <laughs> Exclusive right. unverbal shenanigans. Quantum yeah, jump. So, right. So that should be coming back if the pilot did get picked up. So yeah, we should have some new series coming back. Uh, I did work on a few pilots, so hopefully they do get picked up. Um, Dead Boys on CW. That's another one that's gonna. Or actually, I guess they moved to HBO. That did get picked up, so that will be coming back. Um, and then yeah, you can find me on social media on my Instagram at Rochelle underscore Okoye, and I also have a Facebook fan page Rochelle Okoye. I'm not really on my Facebook anymore though, so social media is probably the best way to find me. Mm. Uh, amazing talk with you, going through IMDb, all the amazing work. Final question: I was debating whether to bring it up, but I don't think I can let it go. What the heck did you do on Sex Sent Me to the ER? Because it lists you as eleven episodes. <laughs> yeah. I was the stunt coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Listen, that was when a... you're on the bedpost, you gotta right. do an arc. <laughs> yeah. So I actually took that job when I was injured with my foot on disability. So when I couldn't walk anymore and I wasn't able to do anything and I was wheelchair bound and on crutches, I was like, well, let's just coordinate and show up to set. So I showed up on my crutches and I, I did that whole show so yeah that was on tlc it was super weird <laughs> <laughs> entertaining though the stories i'm like oh my god <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's stories. great rochelle thank you so much for your time uh stay safe out there looking forward to what you're you're going to do here in the future um and what mystery projects that we will find out about through your social media i'm sure um and and thank you and uh stay safe out there Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, and I'm glad that I was finally able to make it. Thank you. Mike Rochelle Okoye, um, the Nigerian Nightmare 2. I wouldn't call her that, Scotty. Come on now. I mean, we had a great conversation, so let's obviously get back to your divorce so we can bring down the audience. (laughs) The real nightmare? No, yeah. she, she she's not related to Christian Okoye, the Nigerian nightmare, one of the I, best nicknames of all times in sports. I will uh, at least agree with that. It's either uh, the Nigerian nightmare or Craig Ironhead Hayward, I remember. I love that, and I got to say, although he was a giant, it was not about being a, snacks was one of the best uh, nicknames for an offensive line, uh, a defensive lineman, snacks. And then when he would get a sack, he'd be like, you know, <laughs> that's a pretty great nickname. He played for the Jets. Uh, what was his real name? Snacks Harrison. Snacks Harrison. Um, but, uh, yeah, what a fascinating interview. Like, uh, would you – okay, so you're, you have your life now. And, yeah. you know, you're doing podcast work, IT work, whatever you do. And – they're like, okay, Berlu, we need a stuntman that looks exactly like you. He gets of bit course. by he gets bit by puppies. Uh, he mm-hmm. collides heads with dogs. Um, we need you to do this stunt um, where you jump off. Okay, let's say the same exact one that Rochelle broke her 
uh, her ankle. entire life. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, her ankle. The same exact one. Okay, what's the financial? What what is it going to cost us here to get you to do that? That one, and I'm wearing 14 inch heels like she did. Oh, absolutely. There's no debate. Yes, absolutely. You're wearing. Those I heels. had to make sure. That's got to go in the financial numbers. Stop there. trying to get out of the heels, man. That, that's the first. That's the first thing. <laughs> um, uh, like, oh my god, you like in fourteen. Heights. You in fourteen inch heels is. I'm getting. I, I don't. Like, <laughs> yeah, like not even jumping. It's going to be impossible. Just like getting to the set. I mean, will be like a three-hour. I mean, you're what, like six three, six three, yeah. Yeah. So fourteen inch heels got to bump you up to like what six eight at least six nine, minimum somewhere <laughs> in that range. You know, like maybe that's how I get my NBA contract. I just go out there with the fourteen inches and um, be like, let's go, LeBron. Just seeing you going out with fourteen inch heels <laughs> is nauseating. You know, nausea. Yeah. But I mean, well, you, I, like I said, I'll be on the NBA court, so I'll get the old school short shorts oh. with heels. So that way, I intimidate my opponents. You know. So what's it going to cost to make you do that jump? I say three million. Three million? Wow. Yeah, I, I'm not a heights guy. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a heels guy. <laughs> I, I never, I never said that. Um, yeah, I'm not a heights guy. I'm not a. I know my coordination where to get to a precise point <laughs> will be like borderline impossible. So I, I basically know what I am signing is like my life insurance plan. So yeah, three million dollars, I would say. Dude, we put the heels on your little nubs, you know, like it, <laughs> and when it all goes down. Wow, three million. I feel like. Usually, I could get you for a cheap price. That's a big, that's a big giant price. Heights is not my friend. It's, no, like it's, I I never bothered by plane going up on planes, anything like that. But I don't mind going roller coasters. But being stuck at the top of a Ferris wheel, um, uh, the uh, those gondolas on wires high above yeah. theme parks. Even like uh, when we were at Disney Springs and they have a like a tethered hot air balloon. So it, it goes up like 20, 30 feet. I'm just, ugh, I'm just <laughs> like, I'm just there. I'm like, I, I can survive it, but I'm just like, get me down. Get me down. Get okay. Me down. Let, let's say there was a game show. They were like, okay, oh. you could be, you, you could be tethered to a hot air balloon or be in Scott's situation a couple years ago. Which which one are you going to take? Are you going to take the hot oh, air? I'd be like, come here, Vanessa, baby. I love you. <laughs> Bring your knife set with you. It's fine. It's fine, baby. Uh, we'll make it work. Yeah. I have a plan. So, I, I, you know, Rochelle, fantastic guest. Thank you, Rochelle, for coming on. But I did want to ask you during all of me doing this spiel, like, because we mm. – like I said, this is like um, this is a kind of like an audio journal over the years, right? Like essentially, yeah. we've, we've told every story that's happened to us along the way. So I got to ask you, like you, you came in. Essentially, I found you because um, of all the stuff that was going on and putting myself in places where 
you know, comedy clubs and th- and this and that. But you, you came in and we we're doing the podcast. And what was your reaction during all this time? Like, we never really talked about this either. Like, what you were seeing, what was going on. I mean, you know, we were both, like, I, I did say we were both kind of in a weird place during that time. I mean, when I first initially came in and I met, quote, unquote, Vanessa, I mean, she seemed fine. I'm not a person that's right. like goes into detective work and think of stuff. I also factored in since we're doing comedy and coming back later, like a lot of times it's a very late night. So if she seems inebriated, it's just like, hey, it's Saturday night. I, right. You know, just having a good time. Right. Or whatever. Um, I do remember. Like, I believe, I forget it was the first or the second was where we were doing the old podcast. Because I remember when I was, I saw you in the phone, like, panicking. And then, like, we were doing the whole cleanup. And I noticed, I looked around, like, yo, I haven't seen Scott in, like, half an hour. And they're like, oh, he, he tore out of here. And I'm like, oh, everything okay? Oh, we don't know. He came out in a panic and all that. So that was kind of weird. Um, then I did notice like some like separation between the two of you. I even remember like one night you two were kind of fighting, and I was there, and it was a little weird. Like I even went outside, and she was like crying, and she was giving her her story about oh, he, you know, he doesn't listen to me, blah blah blah, like. I, I don't remember the specifics, but given the sob story of like, I'm such a victim and all that. And of course, you know, I was just kind of, you know, I give the paddle. It's a, it'll be fine. You guys will work it out. You know I mean? That's all you can really say. Right. And I, I do recall like times, like we would come, I'd come over and do the podcast. And I think it was like, we did like four or five shows in a row. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. dude is, is Vanessa still here? Because right. I literally have not seen her in a month, and I think you're still going, yeah, yeah, they, just away. Things are whatever it is. <laughs> I even yeah. remember, like, as you talk about how she was, not to rub it in, like, heightened with other guys. Oh, rub I it do, in. Rub it right yeah. in there. Yep. But I do recall the time where the former podcast was going to move to your downstairs basement mm-hmm. and it was me uh i forget what we called uh, the the host of said podcast but him and i think there was like one or two other persons there and i remember vanessa came down and it was very odd she was like i kind of questioned like was she trying to show off to us because she was wearing like uh a half shirt, like, like really short shorts. And she was staying on your downstairs where it's almost like, are you staying at an angle where we can look up said shirt if we want to? Oh, probably. It was yeah. just like a weird kind of thing. Like we just had a conversation and like, <laughs> like I turned at, at the audience and I, I'm like, well, I can't disclose this to these guys. And I couldn't, this goes to you, but it was just like a weird moment. I'm like, was, was, was something being tried here? And then I'm not recognizing yeah. at this point. Yeah. Um, it, it was 
definitely a weird concept. And then, like, when you told me the, the hotel story, that's when it's just like, oh, dude, I'm sorry. It's over. And Oh, yeah. I, I didn't really tell the whole st- hotel story on here, really. Uh, one of the guys she was with, I found the uh, hotel keys, uh, like the the swipe cards um, in her car. And then somewhere along the line, I found like 300 emails on Gmail back and forth. It was like this old. And the only thing that made me feel better was like this old, fat, white, bald man um, and who had like two kids. I'm like, well, these two people are just ruining their own lives in different ways, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. And in the end, I, I don't want to make this all about about my story, but I figured I would share it tonight in the podcast. Just yeah. why the hell? Not? I guess one caveat I will add to the story where I feel kind of you and I got a little like tighter as a unit after I do remember like after it was like, I'm not sure who, if you told everybody, but I know you kind of, you told me, you know, it's over and I forget if we did like a mic or a show or something like that. And we got back to your place like 11 something we both had a few brewskis and us and i remember you were just like down or something and it, something got brought up about i i hate that on my facebook she is tagged in some of the photos and i just remember just being a good guy like literally going through years and every single photo yeah in your facebook id and just nope 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 ah Move tag. Yeah. Nope. nope. What, what's crazy I, now? Now that you brought that up, there was another story. Just to add on to it, I had found that she had a profile on Twitter, and she was thanking her boyfriend's parents for Christmas gifts. <laughs> wow, we were still together. Like, oh, thank you for the. Um, I don't know sweater from from nordstrom's you know like while we were together and she'd be like oh i'm going uh black friday shopping oh i'm going this and like it was always something that idiot over here missed every single time wouldn't it have been great if they were the ones that bought her the knife set that she used against you that night might might as well <laughs> yeah 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 so where do the- i put a thumbs down on twitter <laughs> what the hell <laughs> so in the end um all all says done. I I was done, and she never came and got her stuff. I had to get her family to get her stuff. She never paid me a single dollar um, towards all that mortgage. I think I'm still owed technically like twenty six thousand um, dollars, and she never responded to any of the court uh, things. Where it went to a point where I went to a judge, and he was like. You know, she hasn't showed for three straight times. Uh, we're just going to do this now, and that's what's owed to me. And I'll probably never see a dollar of that again. But you know what, Mike? It all worked out in the end. Um, that's not my sob story. That's just my story. I just figured I, I today would be a good day to just share that, you know. And circle it back to the podcast. If I recall, we had one guest that we got on because of your ex, where you basically said um, it was a chef. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I, I think we he, I think we had him on twice actually. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I re- recall like it as you're like yeah he might bring something up like the first thing <laughs> how's Vanessa? Yeah. 
right. <laughs> yeah, well, guys, that's my story. I feel like if you're just tuning in, like maybe you know my 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 story a little bit. Uh, Mike over there is. Um, you know, we went through his uh, plastic uh, glass head story last week. So, yeah, uh, equally devastating. Uh, I, I still wake up in a cold sweat at the time at my 40th birthday. You hammer it. I'm like, yeah. no. <laughs> you ever? Yeah, have you ever been cheated on, or or like a relationship where you were left? I never been cheated on but i'm also one of those i I guess a weird story i can tell if you um my uh one ex i think i told this story on here where like i was dating her and she never technically ended her relationship with uh her last boyfriend and i forget his metal he's he was like handicapped in some way like i think like one of his legs wasn't working or something like that and i remember like i was at her house we were watching nascar we both like nascar and like we were both in her underwear oh she realized he was driving up and walking up to her apartment where i had to hide in the bathroom in my underwear and she's like trying to yeah this guy away but he's handicapped so i feel like you had a lot of time to get dressed dude no, no. I mean, I forget what exactly it was, but it was an stuff was functioning enough where he could get up, get, you know, like, get to you if quickly. A conversation happened. I don't know, but <laughs> but uh, kind of circle it back. How how I, I kind of am. She came to me and says that same guy bought tickets for the Daytona Five Hundred. Mm. And she wanted to go, and I just kind of said, "Yeah." And like a lot of people, like even my wife, as I told her the story, she's like, "I would never allow it." Blah blah blah. And I'm kind of one of those. If it happened, it would have happened, and it just would have moved on from there. It wasn't one of those. Like if if you're coming up to me and saying, "I want to go." Even if I know deep down, I think you might go out and be cheating on me or giving him something just to be nice for the tickets. It's one of those, what can I do? If I say no, you'll probably still do it. Right. If I say yes, I'll at least go, well, I'm giving you my trust. If it happened, it happened. If it didn't, it didn't. Then that up with that person. So I didn't have like a heartbreaking situation on yeah, but it was a, it was enough. It was enough where you you probably knew it in the back of your mind, and uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna because it was in New Jersey, so it's like all right. So you're getting on a flight with this guy, you're camping in the same tent as this person over multiple days for Daytona week, and you're just gonna go through the whole time going, not 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 feeling it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's cool. We're just friends. We're high fiving, mm. having fires together, going to. Daytona, yeah. you know, it is what it is. But I will tell you something. Me and me and Mike will not cheat on our audience. We're gonna be here. We're gonna be here most Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> most Mondays. We're gonna get back and to by it. By Mondays, we mean rotating days of yeah. the week. It will end in a Y. Yeah, a couple Ooh. Wednesdays here and there. You know, it is what it is. But you know, give us some slack. We're four hundred and something episodes into this, and. Uh, it's still been fun. It, and 
none of the episodes we missed have ever been because we didn't want to do it. It's just because life got in the way. And, and, and Life is funny, and we laughed at it, and we kept the wind at our back. That's it, baby. We're, this wind hasn't hit my back because it's so hot over here in New Jersey. But Oh, snap. Um, but, yeah, none of this has ever been because we don't want to do it. Uh, it's just always because something gets in the way. But I feel like we're we're right. We're getting right back. We got two episodes, three episodes in the can. So there's a, oh, there's a whole bunch of things coming up. Um, and, and that's it. Rochelle was an awesome guest. So I want to thank Rochelle uh, for coming on. Two what was it about a year and a half, two years in the making to get her on the show. Took a while. Took a while. Took a lot of you good for Wednesday and oh, you know. Yeah, Hollywood. I feel like two of the guests we have coming up have been the same way, like a, a long mm-hmm. hunt, you know, a long, a long hunt. But uh, Berlu, anything to promote before we go? Uh, what do you promote after <laughs> talking about I <laughs> the mean, suicide new- hotline has moved to yeah, nine? I, what is it? Nine eight eight now? <laughs> I kid you not. If you look at my, if you look at my phone, I have that ready. Nine eight eight. So if you're going through something that Scotty went through and you're really down in the dumps, you know, don't take it on yourself. Yeah. Uh, the new three-digit line, 988, it's a suicide hotline. Uh, you can call it. You can text it. If you're having problems, there are going to be people there. You know, life is worth it, people. I know we're kind of saying this and just, but seriously, if you're having any problems and issues and you're thinking about that, dial 988 and talk to one of the counselors. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I could never say there was a time I'd say I'd kill myself, but there was definitely times that I was dark and depressed and, and needed someone. And the minute I came out and started talking about all this shit, I felt a whole lot better, like to my family, to my friends, to you, to whoever it was. So um, it could be, it, it could be exactly that. It, it could be exactly that. It could just, just be getting shit off your chest because that shit piles up and before you know it you 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 can't even see out of it so um i i i'll just leave it at that so guys um i want to thank rochelle one more time uh life is funny guys laugh at it keep the wind at your back tune in next week vanessa brennan on the podcast <laughs> oh fuck